Brazil puts one up. Chimilco header. Goal! I mean, he takes it on one foot and he slaps it home on the other one. Hit goal! Oh, Is as pretty as Welcome everybody to Views from the Bridge. Hopefully, we're your first favorite Philadelphia Union podcast. I don't know why I haven't keep saying second, but Whatever, but we are talking about the second place Philadelphia Union. Uh, I'm your host, part of the time, uh, Justin Ashcraft. With me tonight are two of my comrades, Chuck Booth, Paul Catrino. We're doing this tonight with the help of Roughneck Scarves, Icarus FC, and the Beautiful Game Network. Chuck, let me start with you. How are you tonight? Um, I am here, which I uh, was barely here, considering um, my joining this beautiful recording was delayed by one shower beer that took a little too long. I mean, it's fine. Sometimes at the end of the workday, that's what you need. Uh, Paul, how about if yourself, only my man? schedule could facilitate. If only my schedule could facilitate for being late for something with shower beers. Like, ah, I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm late to the funeral, guys. It's just you know, my six thirty shower beer just ran a little too long. I, what did I say it went down the wrong pipe at one point. It's just hey, a real mess. I'll take what I can get, man. <laughs> We learned that Chuck has all the time in the world for shower beers. We learned that Paul is too busy for shower beers. Which is good, a lie because I have 100% gotten reply steps from you, Paul, in which you are drinking a shower beer. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're that you do well, wrong. Paul. I'm glad you're, to hear nah, We are at the point in our relationship where we shower beer each other all the time it's just my mine happens on a <laughs> schedule welcome to views from the bridge <sighs> welcome to views from the bridge where we were now talking about shower beers instead of your philadelphia union i love uh it. let's not do that though let's actually talk about uh the game this past weekend your philadelphia union stood toe-to-toe with the one of the best in the mls and drew against lafc one-to-one Guys, um, uh, let I'll me be honest. stop you right there, Justin. The best team in MLS, not one of the best teams, the best team in Major League Soccer in LAFC, toe to toe. Like they are right. another stratosphere. When we began the season and started watching them go on the run that they did, so. I'm a dick for interrupting you, but I just need to say LAFC is the best team in MLS. We can we can have that argument some other time. <laughs> anyway, the best or one of the best teams in MLS and Drew against LAFC 1-1. Um, I'll be honest, I did not get to watch most of this game. I got to watch part of this game uh, on in the car on the way back to Pittsburgh from a wedding. So... Um, I did not get to watch all of this game, but, um, guys, any, uh, kind of, I have a couple things that I do want to ask slash talk about, but any high level takeaways from this game, anything that you guys thought were as important that we need to talk about before I bring up some stuff. The Philadelphia union are a really good soccer team. Yes. I would also like to add that the Philadelphia union are pretty good at soccer which is the sport where you kick a ball around. Um, <laughs> That's some very high-level thinking right there. Uh, yeah, one le- one legitimate... I, I do have a legitimate takeaway because okay. I find it so interesting that when it comes to facing top teams in the league, the thing that has neutralized them is the much maligned 4-2-3-1. Yeah, I mean, we were raving... At the beginning of the season, about Jim Curtin's, you know, willingness to try this four four two, 
uh, Tanner's new system and everything, and it was working really good for us most of this season. I certainly had nothing to complain about early on except for Madunyanin being at the base of that diamond. But you're looking at these games where they're going, you know, neck and neck with you know, the class of Major League Soccer, and they're rolling out four two three one. It's like Jim sees it and is planning for it before he even gets on the field. And that is the flexibility that we've really been wanting him to have this whole time. Like, we knew he was a coach who could inspire players. We knew he was a coach who could, you know, know, get a guy to go out there and run his heart out for 90 minutes. But to set them up to do so against top-tier MLS talent is awesome. You know, to punch him in the mouth three minutes into the game and put him on their back foot, it was nice. It was nice to watch. This was an exciting game. It was, you know, stressful, I'm sure, for everyone involved watching it. <laughs> um, it was – and Philly, they looked comprehensive at times. I mean, I don't – a draw was almost – I would have been okay with either team winning that game because it had a good amount of everything in it, and I think someone deserved three points out of it. But we sit here with one, and not many people get to tie LAFC. So that's certainly a positive. You're right. Talk also, any other. I, uh, no, you go ahead, Chuck. I would like to give a ringing endorsement to one individual that I think has been mentioned throughout the national media now after his performance this week as the Mm. best blank in Major League Soccer who plays for the Philadelphia Union. Um, Interestingly enough, the Philadelphia Union probably have a couple of players that could be considered, if not the best at their position, pretty close to it right now, but... We all know that you're talking about one Kai Wagner, who um, yes, I am. for most for bit, the entire game neutralized Carlos Vela because Carlos Vela's goal came when he um, switched to the other side of the field to get away from Kai. Uh, fill me in uh, real quick because I'm not too familiar with this guy, Carlos Vela. Uh, where is he ranking in goals in Major League Soccer right now? Um. He is the clear away number one, basically in the process of, if not, he doesn't have every MLS record. He's chasing Joseph Martinez for each other MLS offensive record. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And also, uh, I believe also top 10, top 15 in assists as well, uh, supplying for his teammates as well. And we got Kai Wagner from the which division in Germany? Uh, I at this point, I'm convinced that like teams were stupid for just leaving him in the third division for so long, because you look at this guy and you're just like, how, how is he a third, <laughs> uh, three liga player? Like, could not agree more. Ernst Tanner, my God. <laughs> That was like the best answer I've ever that happened on this podcast. Uh, Chuck's like, how could this happen? But legitimately, uh, you look at everything Kai true. Wagner has done since coming to the Union, and you're just literally like, where the scouting's better in Europe. Well, how the hell do you leave guys like this just by the wayside? Because he's going to go back exactly. to Europe. Yeah, when he goes back to Europe... It is most certainly not going to be in any third division of any European <laughs> nation whatsoever. I mean, the nope. guy does it all. And I don't want to hear that Carlos Vela maybe was not 100% in this game. He's still Carlos Bleepin Vela. He's st- <laughs> like, if he wasn't ready to play in that game, he would not have played in that game doesn't matter if it's top in the east versus top in west you don't sacrifice your season just for some cash grab in chester like that's not why carlos vela played in this game he played because he thought he could play in this game and dominate and he most certainly did not dominate in this game because of a third division 
left back from Germany. That's yeah. what the Union are doing good. I mean, we can legitimately call him the best left back in the league, I think, at this point. I mean, if if yeah. not that, he's pretty close. I don't no, know who I, you'd put in front of him. I will not be fielding any arguments. Point. I will not be fielding any arguments. I will not be fielding questions about his legitimacy <laughs> as the best left back in MLS. If you want to ask me them, you can direct it to my ass because that's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> or Katrina ninety three on Twitter. We are or, yeah, that works too. Tonight. That, you can that direct. Stuff, me- the stuff on there is pretty shit too. So you can you can direct it there, and then you can uh, probably get a, a snarky gift back, and no real answer. <laughs> That's how I operate, baby. I know, I know. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. It's beautiful stuff. Uh, so a couple things that I just thought I'd throw out there, um, as having not watched the game, but just things that have come up in the media this week. Casper. Uh, decided to score another goal I don't know how that one went in the net honestly but it did so and it was a pretty nice cutback by Pico and we should talk about Pico's speed on that play I mean he just literally beat the whole LAFC defense to the end line I don't want to say he ran faster than Usain Bolt that one time in that 100 meter dash but like I, he was maybe faster than Usain Bolt that one time in that 100-meter dash. I only have one thing to say, and that's slow feet don't eat. Mm. That's true. Branded. <laughs> that's on brand, baby. I mean, liter- literally, like... Fafa goals. Toward the, toward the beginning of that play, he was further back the field than Bedoya was, who fed him the ball. And somehow he ended up on the end line kind of in I don't know before you could even tell that he was there or going there. well what's what's nice about that play too and I think this is kind of the only reason the header went in in the first place is that Casper was kind of getting drawn towards Bedoya's side when that play initiated until he saw Fafa start making that run and that you know he saw that he only really had one defender in his area so he just started directly making his like jog to the box like right in front of the goalie to kind of just give himself a one-on-one situation. And I think what's nice is he recognized immediately that Fafa kind of overhit the cross, which is good because it made the keeper come across his line. And then, you know, Shabilko's not directly in the center of net when he puts this in. He's on the opposite side from where the cross came from. So your goalie's already off balance. But it's a looping head. Like if that's a straight-on header, that doesn't go in. Even if it's in the exact same spot, he gets a hand on it. It was a looping header. Like, like he chipped the keeper with his head. Because he's not just a friendly striker, he's also a wizard. Yeah. He's a wizard. Yeah. He's a wizard. You're a wizard. You're, you're a wizard, Casper. This podcast is going in some weird places. And Evan's not even here to... And they're haunted. Take places. it in weird places. Well, I mean, I I am wearing a Harry Potter shirt tonight. I did see that. I did see that. Uh, We're so on brand. Another moment, a few minutes later in the game, that has made it to the media this week that I actually tweeted about, um, and I'm still, I saw it again tonight, and I'm still frustrated about it. But uh, Brendan Aronson picks up the ball at midfield. And then proceeds to just run straight down the field in the middle of the defense and somehow evade every defender that LAFC had and put a pretty nice strike on the ball. I This kid's developing into some, like, and not that we haven't talked about him already, but I think you're seeing sort of a, a, like, at the beginning of the season, nobody really knew who Brendan Aronson was. And I think he just kind of surprised a lot of teams. And then he kind of fell off and we we're kind of like, where's Brendan? What's he doing? whatever and now it seems like he's now sort of figured out the league and is playing to the league now um rather than the league trying to figure him out so i think we're headed in the right direction with brendan at this point and what's nice about aronson's situation is that i don't think he's going to be one of the first 
few academy products to get poached from someone else because there's a lot of you know a lot of the european talent that is needed at that position is most of the time coming from europe like everyone's trying to play up top or in central midfield you know there's definitely a log jam in that department there which is nice because aronson gets to you know kind of work the league over for a little bit he's going to be you know year older year wiser next year and God, how, who knows how good he's going to look next year. I mean, when you look at that run, Justin, it, it's almost like a mouth breather who's watching soccer for the first time screaming, well, why doesn't the guy just run forward with the ball and just shoot? Well, <laughs> it's not that easy, dude. You can't just go straight and then shoot the ball unless you're Brendan Aronson. Because <laughs> he, he kind of like went from one side of the field, he was on the left end line, I believe, when he kind of yep. got the ball and he almost like curved his way back in, almost to the right side, like he almost took it from like the right corner of the, uh, sit. Like, he was a little outside there, but he just ran straight at them and just beat them all I, It's <laughs> and shame shame on Casper Shabilko for not following <laughs> up that shot shame I'm so shame. mad about that <laughs> But it's it's kind of interesting because it's it's runs like that which are why Aronson's kind of forced Jim Curtin's hand to play this formation so that he and Kai Wagner can be on the same side of the field and absolutely torture defenses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all it's almost a question of now what is your best formation period or 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 is Jim approaching this from a playing to your opposition what kind of style they play and just go with that you know because at this point you're getting the better out of different players in different formations and it almost seems like it's going to be impossible to figure out what the perfect setup is for this union team going down the line well the the big thing right now is probably do you want to get the best out of Fafa or do you want to play Marco Fabian, who didn't appear in the 18 because he missed a team meeting? And right now, it's probably get the best out of Fafa. Can I also rewind the clocks a little bit and uh, to last week's podcast where I said Marco Fabian would not feature in this game at all? Um, I, I think everyone on this podcast right now basically agreed in that. Uh, nah, someone fought me on that. I'm pretty sure I'm looking at Justin Ashcraft right here. I'm so. pretty sure I not said him. I wanted to see him at the 10, and, uh, yeah, he was not there, so. I'm not going to complain about that, though, based on the result of the game. <laughs> it, it's just a weird situation we're at right now where we've basically. Marco Fabian has entered the shadow of his Philadelphia Union teammates. The guy who was brought in here as the most expensive player in history is now just simply sitting there and watching his team wreck ship without him. And it's weird. It's just a weird place to be. I just, I mean... But I don't think anyone's going to complain about it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and we could go into all the conspiracy theories, right? And I think there was lots of talk on Union Twitter about the conspiracy theories of Fabian missing a meeting. Um, but I thought. I mean, at the end of the Curtin. day, it did, did it come. come it did come from Curtin. Curtin's the one who no, no, no. It right after the no, game. no, no. It came. From, it came from Curtin that he missed the meeting. As to why he oh, missed okay. the meeting has yeah. not I, appeared I, yet. Yeah, I don't care about those conditions. I actually have a few ideas. Of course you do. <laughs> We're shocked. No, 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 no. I won't take us into that rabbit hole. I truly won't. Katrina's like he was abducted by aliens. It just didn't appear in the meeting. And No, he just really yeah. wants Montero, Montero to play for the Philadelphia Union next year, so he wants to go up his own salary. He really wants that Shivas U.S. reunion over in Mexico. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about that forever, but who knows. But Let's, let's not. He's not even an important piece not. of this team right now. No, no. And I think, I mean, you guys are both sort of getting at it, and I think it's true that, like, the reality is the Union have options right now, which we've never actually had. And, I mean, we basically finished 
the episode last week talking about how we have options. And I think that's what's crazy is I think we can set up into an effective 4-4-2 depending on the guys we put out there. We can also set up into a really effective 4-2-3-1. And that 4-2-3-1 can look very different depending on who you have on what side of the field. You can put Alcino on the right. You can put Fafa on the left. Then you got speed on the left. You got a ball, crazy ball person on the right. If you put Aronson on the left and Pico on the right like we did in this game, then you've got crazy pressure and energy on the left with Wagner and Aronson, and then you've got your speed on the right. So it's just like, I think that's what's crazy about what's happening now is I feel like last year you saw a lot of like, does Bedoya play right wing? Does, you know, does he play in that pivot role with, does he play at the 10? And there was all these kind of questions that surrounded this team. Now you've got guys between like Montero, Ilsenio, uh, Aronson who can play almost any position of those three, kind of that bank of three behind your strikers. So I think that's what's really cool about this situation we kind of find ourselves in is we have all kinds of options as to how we play sort of even both systems. Um, I would like to start a petition to um, change Ilsenio's jersey name to Crazy Ball Person. Because I think that's the only logical thing you can label him Shut as. Up. Would, wouldn't you, Shut wouldn't up. you just change it to Skillsenio? Skillsenio, there you go. Nah, it doesn't have I a good have... ring to it. I like Crazy Ball Person. <laughs> Paul, looking for the most syllables possible. I, re- I really hate you. Uh, you're absolutely right, though, Justin. I mean, you genuine, you genuinely are. Like the depth this team has is insane, and what's great about it is that they're mostly set in place for next season as well. So it's not like you're looking at this season and there's a desperation to it. It's like we're never going to get to this place again, so we have to win MLS Cup now. You know, there's no time like 2019 to do it. No, you're just seeing what the Union have really. What, what they've needed to do since they were a team in the first place. You have an infrastructure there. You have a GM who's competent. You have a coach who can connect with their players. And you're spending enough money to get talent in there that can genuinely rip this league apart. Now, whether the owner is willing to back those players in specific situations like three charter games flights. in eight days and maybe paying for a private plane to get them there in a timely fashion. We're not talking That's about another that article. Case. Uh, I don't know what article you're talking about. I'm talking about the fact that Jay Sugarman has not used a single charter flight this entire season to get his team from point A to point B <laughs> in a timely fashion but, to recover and perform at the but, highest but, level. But let's also say that unlike most teams in the league, the union haven't had high-profiled travel snafus. Does it have to be high-profile? can it just be high-mileage? Like, look how far they've had to go. They've had to make West Coast road trips before, like this season. If you look at it, the union have played fewer midweek games than most of the league. So they've had the time and the luxury of making those long flights on more rest than the rest of the league. And if that money is being utilized for things like paying Montero's salary right now, I would much rather it go there than to a charter flight. But that's already being taken care of right now, Chuck. Like, he's already locked in for the season. That's not how this works. You still have a budget for the season. You still have to pay him. Well, obviously, you, you still have to pay him. It all but comes are, out of the same really budget. Do you really think that they're that thin-lined? Do you really think that the union are that thinly lined in the pocket? That it would be a matter of, we can't pay for a plane Cons- right now, so Montero just can't play this week because well, it, we can't afford to pay? It wouldn't be that ridiculous, but we have to remember, Montero was not a planned transfer. He just, it was okay. literally a player this talented falls into our laps fuck we have to sign him for sure i i mean and i'm just like 
I'm not going to get into it too much about the plane. I think it's, I mean, you're playing, you know, you're playing away at Red Bull, New York, is, which is what, like a two-hour bus trip up the New Jersey Parkway, whatever it's, it's called. Not a pro- that's not a problem. Yeah, that's not a problem. Then you have to fly to San Jose. That sucks. You got to do it on Tuesday. Come back Thursday, which is awful. Uh, you know, and but then you're going to Columbus, which again is like a six-hour bus trip, a five-hour, you know, two-hour plane flight. Like, I just don't. I mean, I I don't think it's as big of an issue as as we are making it out to be. And I think the other thing that we can't do is we can't sit here and say, oh, Sugarman didn't play for the charter flight. So that excuses a loss in San Jose or a loss to Columbus. True. Because it doesn't. The players still have to buckle down and perform like the professional soccer athlete players that they are. Yeah, no, I mean, this is what I didn't want union fans to start doing is blaming the ownership for bad performances in a in like a midweek game or a west coast road trip or on the road because you know theoretically it would be nice if they got the charter flight it really would i'm not asking i'm not saying that it's all on him but there needs to be a level of accountability there where you look like you're actually genuinely invested in what this team is doing and right now in the thick of your best season in history and the fact that you are jostling with not just New York New York ahead of you you've got Atlanta right on your tail and you've got two or three other teams that statistically shouldn't catch you but god forbid they do you're you're not looking at a home playoff game if you collapse in this period of time the least you can do is at least extend a gesture of look sure. I need you guys in the best shape possible. I need you guys to be as fit as you possibly can. That is why you don't have to do a red-eye flight from California to get back to Columbus in the span of a day. Like, it's it's something the owner shouldn't have to be pestered into doing. Sure. If you own a professional soccer team. Um. It shouldn't be a chore. One question that I'd have is, does that charter flight limit carry over into the playoffs? Um, obviously, no one on this I podcast can know. answer that question. But <laughs> I don't know. at the end of the day, it's Let like... Let me pull out my big book of <laughs> MLS rules. And I've already read the whole thing, and it, doesn't, and it doesn't say that. So, unfortunately, we don't have an answer. But it's like, what if they're being saved? Or like something else because it's just like at the end at the end of the day ownership has invested enough in this team this year that I can feel confident that they do want to win and I know for a fact that season ticket holders who did not feel that way about the team's direction under Ernie Stewart are now coming back to Talent Energy Stadium and renewing which is funny to think about because at the beginning of the season, no one could be bothered to be asked to renew their season tickets. Like, they really couldn't. It was a big talking point of last year when they crashed out. It's like, why invest in a team that only wants to make it to the playoffs? And now they're going to have to pay a little bit more money for those season tickets, which is kind of just their fault to begin with. I digress. All right. Ownership, so... has, shown eno- ownership has shown enough. But if Sugarman ends up pulling out this thing where he was saving these charter flights for the playoffs and it rides him all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, this is going to be a moment where we look back and this was a stupid five-minute conversation that we had. It was more than a five-minute <laughs> conversation. Been a, <laughs> and it might it have been stupid. Like, it felt like forever. One more just I moment. How long I talk. Carlos Vela did get a goal in this game. Sort of. Kind of. I mean. Eh. <laughs> it was probably his worst goal ever there was, in Major League Soccer. <laughs> because he in theory, Jack shot. Elliott could have stopped that shot. Like, <laughs> he was right there. Uh, can Sesa of the week to Jack Elliott for not saving that shot? No. 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 Uh, no I was going to actually ask the opposite question. Guys, do you have a player of the game? 
whoa, positive praise, man. <sighs> mm. That's a... Andre, Andre Blake, I mean, dictate, like, he does so much more than just save ridiculous shots. He is always shouting at his defensive line to keep their form, to close out space where needed... He's just, he's like constant communication with them. Like, Madunyadin kind of runs one half of the field, and Blake is kind of dictating everything behind him, which is just great. And you needed that against LAFC. One mistake against them, and you're screwed. And I think he played his head off, and he kept this defense in line. A defense that, must I add, has Ray Gaddis in it. Who? Who we haven't talked about in like three weeks. That's a big feat. It is. Which is a great thing. Let's keep it that way. And let's keep it that way. Um, I'd probably go with Brendan Aronson here. Um, just for keeping the entire defense honest and pulling players wherever they needed to be pulled at any given yep. point of the game. I was going to say Blake, so that was going to be my answer, too. So, thanks, Paul. He had some nice saves. Nice saves. You got it, buddy. Uh, So, our conversation that we've had for the last three weeks. Does this game matter? Before... (laughs) (laughs) Justin, I don't know. Does Uh, this game matter? (laughs) So, I have to say, uh, you know, Chuck made his weekly round of podcast apologies this past week so i'm gonna make mine this week uh i have to say (laughs) Mm, go ahead the floor is all yours i think based on some of the conversation on twitter i understand where people are coming from and i i think like in a lot of ways these games matter right so in a lot of ways to get a win against dc to get a win against atlanta to get a win against or to get a draw against lafc I mean, I think a lot of times you can look at that and say, oh, it, didn't, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, you know, and it, it matter. It absolutely matters. I think that there's a reality in which this game, these games, and getting these type of results in this game, you can look back on it in the playoffs and you can say, we did it once, we can do it again. Um, it gives you confidence going into the next game to say, hey, look, in two weeks we beat Atlanta and we've drawn LAFC potentially the two best teams in the league other than us uh and and i think you at that point then that can ride you a long way and i think you can ride that momentum you can ride that confidence a long way and potentially for these next four games to earn yourself uh the playoff spot in which you're currently sitting or better um and so i I do think that these games matter. I think I was too strong in saying what I said. I think I was too strong in coming across and like it doesn't matter at all. Uh, I don't. I don't actually think that. The one. The one place of contention that I still will kind of hold to, and I honestly don't think that this game or the game against Selena proves in any way that this team is for real. You never, ever, ever prove that you're for real until you get to the playoffs and win a championship. And I think that that's where, for me, that's what proves this team is for real. And I think, just as one example of that, and it was brought up last week on the on the podcast, I don't think that the, the last game of the season that the Giants had against New England to almost ruin their perfect season proved that they were for real. What proved that they were for real was that they got to the Super Bowl and they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So I think that that, for me, is the same thing here. Like, we still have games left. One, we have a regular season game against NYCFC left. And then we will probably, most likely, have a playoff game against either them or Atlanta or both of them on our road to a final. And then we got to win a final. That's what will prove this team is for real. That's what, that's the, the thing I will hold from these games, that none of them prove we're for real. But they can give us confidence to kind of ride into the playoffs. Okay. um, What do you define as for real? Like, I I genuinely... No, no, for sure. Uh, 
I'm not being a dick. I think a lot of a lot of people said, well, like, what'll what'll prove for real is if the union make the playoffs this year, last year, last year. This is what they were saying. If the union are for real, they'll actually make the playoffs this year. Well, we made the playoffs. We crashed out in the first game. We didn't even really show up in that game, or there wasn't even like, I don't know, it wasn't even really a close game. And then everybody. Yeah, and people were ready to jump and ship. And then people like, were oh, ready to jump ship. But all like, season right long, they were like, you got to get to the playoffs. you got to get to the playoffs. you got to get to the playoffs. I think the reality is, if you don't win, you're forgotten, right? And I think like that's just the reality. It's, if you don't win the championship, you're forgotten. And I think, like, number one is remember, number two is forgotten. And after that, who cares what happens? And so I think if you are going to be for real um, – and maybe for real is just the team that comes out on top of the league every year. Um, and other teams, are, that's not to say that your team's not good. I mean, I think this Union team is good and probably the best ever in franchise history. But if we don't win the championship, this year is going to be forgotten to the annals of history by 2025. So your you're equating for realness to MLS I don't think Cup you have to win the MLS Cup. I, the in my definition, no, I don't think you have to win the MLS Cup. I think if you get to the final this year um, and you can keep and you can keep the mo- momentum going next year, that you have a string of seasons where you're getting deeper and deeper into the playoffs and you're getting to those, you know, then I think we go, oh, this team was yes. for real. Yeah, you know, true, and, true playoff progression. Yes, you need to see that genuine progression of you went from down here to now you're chilling right up in this area where your Eastern Conference semifinals like every season in and out. Like that's the new standard. You're getting to that point where every time you're going into a season, you are fully aware that you have the skill set, you have the ability, you have the tactics to not just make the playoffs every year, but go deep into the playoffs every single year. And I think the only way the Union are going to prove to anyone besides themselves that that's the case is if they make a deep run in the playoffs this season. Eastern Conference Finals, that's where I'm setting the bar. Make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, compete. They need to show that they genuinely can compete when the pressure is on because Philadelphia Union teams of past have always fallen on their face. When they've needed to win the most. They've lost three cups because they've just not been able to perform. And they've never made any progression in the playoffs. Prove everyone wrong. Get to the Eastern Conference Finals, no matter who you have to face there. And just play your ass off. Because that's what they've been doing all season. With the talent that they've been provided. I, You're right, Justin. The, these games, in essence... They're, it's nice for the play. I think it means more to the players for them to see that they're tying LAFC. That no matter how many millions of mouth breathers on Twitter will talk that LAFC could beat a Premier League team. Like, no. We are the Philadelphia Union, and we just went out there and punched them in the mouth. And now, people aren't talking about this enough. LAFC's on a skid. Like, they're straight up on a skid. This is the worst skid that they've had all season long they they brought in Carlos Vela for this game and I bet you they had the full impression that they were going to go into this game and things were just going to click right back on for them now that's a problem and Philadelphia has created that problem for LAFC which is great because now it's free real estate now Philly can't be they simply can't be overlooked anymore and now they have people's attention it's up to them to utilize that attention and make people remember that no matter what happens this season, that when they're going into next season, they're fully equipped to go even farther than they did this one. And I think the bar is set right now at the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, so I don't, and that's what I, I just, I don't equate for real as good. I mean, there are a lot of good teams in every league, in every season. It, like, it just doesn't matter what season what league and what season you're talking about. Like, I think you look at maybe the Premier League last year and you go, well, Tottenham lost in the Champions League final and they didn't win the Premier League. So people could look at that and go, oh, they're, 
they're not for real. It's like, well, I mean, they still finished third in the Premier League and got to the Champions League final. I mean, that's not to say they're not good. They just didn't win a trophy. I just think the union need to show sustained progression, sustained success, uh, and continue to show that. It's not like they haven't shown that. They've done it two years in a row now. And so I think they just need to continue to do that. And then they continue to progress as we go on. I mean, I think that's what has to happen to show that this team was for real. Uh, next season needs to be a progression of this season. And, and then you need to show that as an organization, you have the quality to go out and continue to replace these players who are coming in. So, like, somebody like Ray is not getting any younger. You gave away Keegan Rosenberry because you thought you had to, you know, you thought you had a player behind Ray who is MLS quality, who's just as good, who can start in this league and be successful. Now, can Mbizo at some point go out and show that, that he is for real, that he can play because he hasn't shown it this season? So, then, and then you're looking at other guys around the team. You're looking at Harris. You're looking at Bedoya. These guys aren't getting any younger. So can you bring in guys? Can you develop guys in your academy who can replace these guys? And that's, that's where I go, okay, this team, this organization, this franchise is for real, wants to compete, and they're showing it season in, season out. That's my thought. All right, guys, so just to yep. kind of um, – it was funny because when we jumped on, we said we didn't have a whole lot to talk about. And we're 40 minutes into recording. Um, so, we have three games in eight days next week. We have four <laughs> games left in the season, but three games in eight days next week. So, we're away at the Red Bulls. We're away at San Jose. And we're away at Columbus. I got two questions just to kind of spur discussion about this. How many points do we need for a home playoff game? And how many points do we need for first place? So if we have any chance at first place, how many points do we need over those three games? And then just to have a home playoff game, how many points do we need from that? I need to pull up the Eastern Conference standings for a second. While you're doing that, I can give it to you. So All right, well, NYCFC is sitting ahead. in first place, 30 yeah. games played with 57 points. Philadelphia is in second, 30 games played as well, 52 points. Atlanta United has uh, 48 points, but they have a game in hand on the teams above them. Toronto and D.C. are tied at uh, 31 games played, so we have a game in hand on them, and they have 45 points apiece. Past that, they're not going to catch us. (laughs) Atlanta is also drawing Cincinnati in their um, game in hand on the Union right now. And also, Piotti just scored probably one of the most beautiful goals I have ever seen against Toronto. So Toronto's losing right now. Uh, when you guys, when we're done this podcast, please go look at this half volley that I just watched. Um, all right, so to answer, it's unreal. Um, Justin, if they want first place, they need seven points. They need to win at Red Bull. They need some kind of point in San Jose, and they need to beat Columbus. And then it just comes down to decision day. I don't think, you know, New York City, they have to go on a road a couple times, so they won't have that home field advantage. Has that genuinely mattered most of the season? Not really. But anything can happen. You know, I'm not going to sit here and confidently say, that the Union are going to get first place, but you don't really need first place to set yourself up in a good position in the East right now. So I'm okay with six points. I'm okay if they lose to San Jose as long as they get six out of this three-game stretch. Uh, Yeah, I'd agree with the seven points on if you want first place because NYCFC is a really good team, but... Let's be real. They're not going to run the table for the rest of the season. Um, No, they are not. If you're looking at a home playoff game, honestly, I think they could get away with two. Yep. Two. uh, Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think I'm setting the bar high for them just because it's where they're at right now. I think but you, you have could, to consider they have you, a seven-point gap points. on TFC with a game in hand. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I don't want to sit here and say the Union only need three points or that two points. That was the question I asked, though. Games. 
Well, but you're probably but you're but you're probably need, right. Yeah. <laughs> we all want the Union to get more points in their next three games, but if you're looking at solely now to keep second place, that's probably where you need five. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. I I've rattled right, off so a I'm lot put, of numbers. I'm I know. The, I'm putting the over under on points for the three game stretch at five and a half. Do you take the over or do you take the under? I take the over. I mean, I think it's. I mean, I think it's pretty easy that we get two wins out of these next three. Um, I think we're a good team. I think going to Red Bull, who is not as good as they used to be and doesn't think that this is a rivalry game, uh, will allow us to kind of go in there and kick them in the mouth a little bit. And then I think you do get a win at either San Jose or Columbus. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think two wins. Um, and I would agree with both of you guys. I think for first place, you need seven points um, and hope that NYCFC drops a couple um, at some point. They have the same three games in eight days stretch that we do. Um, so hopefully um, with one of those being against Atlanta. So um, it could be an interesting end of the season if Atlanta can get points there. Um, but I think you need seven for you need seven for first place. You need, I would agree five, at least five to keep second. And then, I think you need two for a home playoff game. And let the record so and I let the record show that the union have not officially been ruled out of the supporter shield race. People, it is still on, baby. LAFC is going to lose <laughs> every game from this point out. Implosions, <laughs> implosions in the sky. The best cover band of They're explosions not. in the sky. Let's see it, baby. I'm putting the union at two percent odds to win supporter shield. That is who knows might go up to four percent odds um, if they beat New York. I can tell you, five thirty-eight is not going to have them that high. At two percent odds? Yes. That's why you bet. That's why you bet with Paul Katrina, baby. <laughs> All right. So that's what we think about the next week of games. Uh, we'll let you know at some point when we're recording next week and let you know whether it's going to be after the midweek game or before the midweek game. Who knows? So we'll let you know. If, we, if we're if we able uh, to get a charter flight in, we can maybe pull out a midweek episode. <laughs> I'm not sure yet. We'll talk to the commissioner. Yeah, see we'll see. Up. More importantly, though, you need to um, reserve your place in VFTB pod history by ordering one of our beautiful kits from Icarus FC. Yes, you That's where I was do. going next. You read my mind. Guys, so... You have two days. We, two days left to order. Yeah, so if you're, here, Friday if you're hearing this podcast uh, on Thursday, that's what we're aiming for, I will be extending the deadline to Friday at midnight if you want to place your order for one of these jerseys. Um, you want to place your order for one of these jerseys. Either. You really should. They look amazing. Okay, and I just found out that they're available in long sleeve version, and like that's got me super excited. I might be ordering like two. I'm, it, guys, these things look amazing. We're gonna be collaborating with them on a couple things. Like now that we're partners, but this jersey is just sweet, and it's good material. The design is going to be true to the graphic that you're seeing all throughout the internet, all across Facebook and Reddit. Guys, these shirts, and they're so cheap. Oh my god, 45 bucks! $45. Also, uh, these are one of a kind. We're not going to run these ever again. So we might do another jersey collab at some point in time. We might throw another jersey out there. But these are one of a kind. So if you're going to want to get this one... You gotta order this one. We're not doing this again. So get your order in now. By Friday at midnight. Feel free to DM the podcast at VFTB Pod or feel free to DM me at Katrino93 or shoot us an email at VFTBJersey at gmail.com. We're flexible. We'll or, work with you. Let's. We're just randomly Venmo. Just randomly Venmo you. 
I heard that's an option. Well, yeah, no, well, yeah, that is the option. That is the option. Venmo me if you need alternative. Well, that's the option for paying. If, but you could just, you know, just Venmo him. Don't email him anything separate. Just Venmo him and let him figure out who you are and your contact. Don't listen to Justin. I will talk you through step by step what you need to do. Please make this as easy for me as possible. I do not want to misspell anyone's no, name. I do not hell. want to send it to your neighbor. I hate you all. I hate you all on this podcast. You're my best friends, but I hate you all. Um, but guys, these are sweet. This is going to be fun. I can't wait for them to get here. Um, yeah, jerseys. And listen, we're putting the order. We're putting the order in Saturday. They say four to six weeks. So I think we get those playoff progression points. You'll have that jersey in hand for uh, for a late late October. Early November. Have for MLS Cup in Philadelphia. When the Philadelphia Union are kicking off the MLS Cup final. You're going to be rocking this. In Philadelphia. MLS Cup in Philadelphia. (laughs) Yeah. You you will have this jersey in hand for then. Uh, I would also just like to sprinkle in at the very end of this. Not something I really want to get into, but fuck Nazis. Uh, Probably. Yeah, just <laughs> in general. I know this is a very th- MLS thing that's going on right now, but I, I think we're all on the same page when we say fuck Nazis. Like, yeah, yeah, I think um, we can proudly say that um, VFTB pod is against Nazis, right? Yes, all right. So we've made our official <laughs> yes. statement, and we have that leg to stand on. MLS, it is your turn next. Hopefully Evan agrees with us. You know, who knows what Evan thinks. Like, but. That guy's a curveball, man. I don't know why we keep him on the pod. He's just all over the place. He's losing ground in hosting. Uh, not really. He gained like <laughs> six weeks in a row, and then I got one. I got one just tossed my way. All right. Well, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supply to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network. Go check us and other podcasts out at bgn.fm. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a review. You can contact us online at VFTVPod on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know what you think of our shows. We love hearing from you guys. Until next time, have a great day. Peace.